This show is supported by you. Stick around till the ad break to hear more. This is Kappa Go for January 12th, 2024. Keep up to date with the important happenings in the Go community in 15 to 20 minutes per week. I'm Shai Nechmat. And I'm Jonathan Hall. Hello, everyone. Is it still January 12th? I feel like <laughs> after that many retakes, it might have been a different day. My son was interrupting. I'm, I'm sitting in my in-laws. <laughs> Everything's crashing. Everything's going worse and worse. Uh, <laughs> but let's focus. We have a lot of uh, news items to talk about to let the people know about. Someone told me a piece of feedback that's now like living in my brain and makes me very self-aware while recording that I open every episode by saying we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. So let's get just using that bunch Mm -hmm. of stuff every time. So we have many items to discuss. So let's get to it. All right. Right off the bat, we have Go 1.21.6 and 1.20. Point thirteen were released. And the big news here is it's not a security fix. It's not a pre-release announcement. It's just announced. It was bug fixes and some backports from what will soon be 122. Yeah, so I was kind of surprised. I opened the tickets and I saw 1.21 backport, but we're on 121 now. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sure what that means is just that these were fixes that were applied in what will become 1.22, but they were deemed urgent or important enough to also be uh, backported to 1.21. Does that mean that they went through like, you know, proper testing and whatever? Or is 121 like actually becoming main now? No, these are just very selected uh, things, you know, bug fixes only, not feature improvements or you know, feature enhancements, or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that went through the normal testing procedure. Yeah. You can go read through the issues on GitHub. The link is in the show notes as always. But one that I found very interesting was a race condition with parallel tests and like a super complicated edge case that's causing a sort of go routine data race thing. I read it once and I sort of understood it, but not really. Like the interesting thing is it's marked as T parallel, right? So it should and it worked on the previous version. But they found a place where someone left a comment. It was just super funny. Someone left a comment that's like, if other Go routines are racing here, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone opening, a, someone opening like a ticket. It is. A, I, I think the ticket ends with like, I think this is a big deal. Awesome. Yeah. So if you don't like your Go routines racing, go update to 1.21.6. So it's less of them not racing and more of them when you have parallel tests and you run it with minus race, like the race detector then they crash. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think Got they it. went really hard on, okay, it, when we run with race, maybe we need to crash just to go all, you know, Formula One on you. Anyways, so a ton of interesting bug fixes in 1.21.6 and 120.13. So if you're on 121 or 120, you should upgrade to the latest uh, patch. And if you're not, you should upgrade because you're living on a old Go version that is not supported anymore. Go guarantees is only two versions back. It's already old and crusty. All right. Should we talk about conferences? Yeah, let's talk about conferences. Unfortunately, in Israel, GoferCon Israel obviously didn't happen. It was supposed to be like in February. I don't think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm hoping it will get rescheduled soon. But there are some interesting conferences to talk about. The first one is GoFunk 2024 which, first of all, I love the name, Yeah. right? Yeah. And you open the page, it's all in Russian. Mm-hmm. 
So this is one I, I will not be attending. Which I, I'm <laughs> trying to learn. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to learn. I, I can botch it here on the show. But if it's too bad, Filippo, maybe you, you should bleep, just like blur my voice or something. So it, it, people can't hear I, uh, how bad I am in Russian. But konfernistia pa razrabotke nago. It's 14th, 15th of uh, March online. I think if you speak Russian and you uh, are a Go developer, you should check that out. I know one person uh, in Orca that I'm going to send this link to right mm-hmm. now. And yeah, if you speak Russian and you want an online conference about Go, GoFunk 2024 has got you covered. But if you want to hear uh, the voice of a real expert, you should go to FOSDEM 2024, where I heard they have a star lineup. I haven't heard the whole lineup. I just know that... Uh they were silly enough to pick me to be in it. So I will be, yeah, I will be speaking in the Go dev room uh, at FOSDEM. Of course, FOSDEM is much more than Go. They have topics on all languages and frameworks and everything. But I'll be speaking in the Go dev room for about a half an hour. So yeah, if you're, I'm talking about how to become a contributor to the Go project through, through my experience doing that. Nice. I should probably attend because my only proposal got rejected. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Keep trying. Keep trying. So if you'll be in Brussels, uh, come hear me talk. And afterwards, we can maybe have a beer together or something. There's some great beer in Brussels. So FOSDEM, February 3rd and 4th in Brussels. And if immediately after your beer, you want to grab some tzatziki, uh, GoForCon EU is in Athens. Just a few days later, February 6th through February 8th. GoForCon EU always has, you know, really, really good talks. I think that the proof is the fact that I always watch them on YouTube later. But some of the awesome speakers include Chris Shepard, Stefan Gedrick, uh, Rona Steinberg, which I'm excited to, to see what she has uh, in line. And there's a whole uh, schedule, but I don't think we know all of the talks yet. But again, looks like there are some interesting ones. For example, Rona is going to talk about object-oriented programming with Go. And there is one thing that I'm very jealous of, that they're going to live record a Go Time podcast episode oh. uh, towards the end of the the show. That would have been cool to attend. We should live record one of our episodes one, one day. Yeah, we wanted to do it in, um, in Israel. But Gofrecon Israel, yeah, but uh, right that got delayed because of the war, yeah. So a few conferences. If you're in Europe from February 3rd, to February 8th, maybe you can squeeze it in. And if not, I again, I always recommend just watch the recordings on YouTube now and then, find a group to watch it with, maybe at work. There's always really, really interesting uh, talks. There's always some duds, but most of them are actually pretty good. <laughs> Talking about good talks. And watching them on video. Have you seen the talk that Rob Pike gave at GopherCon Australia? That's a really weird thing to put me on the spot for. No, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Sad. I was busy. I was busy. That's all right. It's a good time. Well, I know so. all our listeners watched it as well because it was top of Reddit. And apparently all our all of our listeners are on Reddit because they kept flaming us in the channel uh, for <laughs> hating on Reddit. But for the few, uh, you know, uh, poor people who didn't watch the talk yet, well, what's it about? Yeah, it's called What We Got Right, What We Got Wrong. And he goes through sort of a little bit of the history of the Go project, you know, the last 15 plus years and uh, talks about some of the things they did right and wrong. And I like the talk a lot because it's not about the language, really. It's more about the ecosystem and the community. And he, he makes the point that a lot of people complain about the error handling or the way certain things, you know, certain aspects of the language are, are this or that, or, you know, I, I hate naked returns is one example. He didn't talk about any of that because he said, you know, if you want to talk about that, go talk, go talk on Reddit. <laughs> 
he talked about so the fact that they the way they approached the community, the open source community, maybe wasn't ideal. And there was some confusion about this and about that. And he made the point that the Go ethos or whatever is more than a language. The language is the central part. But the reason Go exists isn't to make a new language. It was to make a more effective way to write software. And he, and, and I agree with him, said that he believes they accomplished this with Go in a, in a lot of great ways. There are some mistakes they made. They could have done better. But I, I really like that take because, you know, when you... When you talk to a language purist who says, you know, pure functional programming is better or, or Rust has these features that are better or Haskell has this features that are better or whatever, they're talking about it from a language standpoint and they may well be right, at least in many cases. But when you think about it from a developer productivity standpoint, I think Go got a lot of things right and Rob said the same. And I think that's really cool. And so I, I really like the talk. I like the humility it takes to admit that you made mistakes on a project like this. And uh, I think Rob is a fairly humble person, or at least he comes across that way in, in his speaking. I haven't met him in person. Yeah, I like to talk. Maybe maybe on the show soon. I think we that would be talk great. Yeah, we should get him on here. I think one interesting thing to look at right now, when you look at uh, new languages, and I don't mean new in the sense that Rust is like new. I mean new in the sense that people are working on the on it right now for their like PhDs and are trying to set up a company from it right now. And it's very, very young. I think it's very interesting for them to watch the talk or if you're a part of such a community, talk to them and, and just give them this talk because it sounds like they could use this advice. It, it's a very small group of people that, that's that's relevant for, but there are some really interesting new languages on the block, like Unison Lang that I found about recently that's totally on the database, 100% for distributed programming. It's like super new. I'm wondering if they, you know, they could watch this talk and be like, okay, maybe we need to think about this our community this way and not that way. So cool. Good talks upcoming in the upcoming conferences and good talks already happened uh, down under in Australia. <laughs> One thing I found on, I don't know where it popped into my feed, but it's GitHub moving to generated SDKs. Everything that has the word generated right now, first of all, I'm shying away because I'm like, oh, another LLM thing. Ugh. But actually, it's not LLM thing. Keep listening. So, you know, GitHub API is super important, right? GitHub is a application for developers. And the moment your company starts growing and if you use GitHub, you need to interact with the API to set up releases and check on deployments and give permissions automatically, et cetera, et cetera. Almost any dev tooling or platform engineering team try to talk to the GitHub API. The way you do it right now is with something they call OctoKit SDKs, which is something, it's software that people wrote. <laughs> it's SDK that some that someone wrote. And this time they went the other way around uh, and used the Kyoto to auto-generate, which is from Microsoft, obviously, to generate API clients from open API standards. So that means that they really invested in their open API standard and they decided to start with Go and .NET, which for me is interesting. They didn't go with Python. Maybe Kyoto doesn't support it or maybe they don't want people to use Python, but they have a Go SDK, you know, full auto-generated plugin. So, you know, it's zero human code and it gives 100% coverage of the API. So you could use it and it's related to the versioning of their API as well. So it should be pretty fine. Are the old SDKs, the human-generated ones, are they being deprecated already or or are both being supported for a while? The APIs are not 
deprecated because they can't deprecate them because you know an infinite number of users are using them and it's going to be very hard to well, I guess I shouldn't say the API but but the, the SDK the, the old SDK um, so you know octokit is open source so it's going to stay out there if you want to use it mm-hmm. but it's very much clear from the wording of the blog post that's like goodbye octokit because they say we move away from octokit so they're moving away from these old SDKs. I think they're still going to work because the API itself is not changing. But the new SDK is 100% uh, auto-generated with you know this uh, Kyoto project, which is pretty new as well. Like it has some old parts, but it's not like it's not what I used so far for auto-generating clients. I used the Open API generator. Me too. Yeah. It, it's kind of interesting to see uh, you know Microsoft sort of stepping into this part as well, even though they're like working with languages that aren't Microsoft-ish. So it's obvious that they would support like C-sharp, right? But Python is sort of neither here nor there, right? Because Guido is working there. But Go, I was surprised to see. I I was happy to see it, don't get me wrong, but I was surprised to see it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so if you use, um, you know, GitHub API, switch to the new SDK, it should be better. Very cool. What else? What else is going on? Yeah, speaking of new SDKs, wouldn't you like to try the new Go 1.22 uh, without installing it. Ooh, that's actually very tempting. Yeah. Because I'm sure I'll like brew install the new one and then forget to unlink it later and then compile some of my company's code in 122 and cause a whole bunch of issues. Damn it, I did the whole bunch thing again. <laughs> a whole bunch, a whole bunch. No worries. So Anton Zianov, I hope I said that right, uh, has done us all a favor and created the interactive release notes for Go 1.22. So it basically is kind of a the release notes plus the Go Playground bundled together. And he, he does something really cool. He gives you code snippets. You can edit them in line and run them in your browser for both Go 122 and 121 in some cases. Like if you want to see how the new loop variable fix works between versions, you can just do it right there in your browser. Let's you look over, let's you execute the new range uh, over integers right in your browser. Play with the new math rand v2 package right in your browser. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I like this. I, I hope, I don't know if this is the first one he's done, but I hope to see more of these as new versions of Go come out. This is a really cool, a really cool thing. It's just so much better than using the current option. I can't believe that hasn't been the way that they've done it forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad this is fixed. Uh, okay, uh, so enough about Go 122. We've said we're not going to talk a lot about that, so we're not going to. We have a <laughs> few little projects we want to talk about, a whole bunch of projects we want to talk about from the community. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first one, this isn't super new, but it's worth bringing up anyway. Uh, we all remember that Terraform has been forked because uh, HashiCorp Yeah, open tofu. Exactly. Well, if that's not enough... Uh, open source food for you. Meet OpenBow. It's a new open source fork of HashiCorp's vault. And this one is backed by IBM. So th- this is interesting. It's not a bunch of just ground root sort of stuff. IBM has come in with their big guns and uh, has open sourced a fork or, or re- retained the open source fork of vault. And there is, it comes in a, you know, we mentioned it at a pretty opportunistic time because yesterday OpenTF was released to general availability. So if you don't know, we actually interviewed the Ohad, one of the people behind OpenTofu, the CEO of uh, one of the companies that's backing OpenTofu financially. Just yesterday, they released, they said it's ready, basically, and they released it for general availability. So that's super exciting. And we, I don't know, I personally hope that it does really, really well. 
just for the competition's sake, right? If open tofu does really well and then Terraform gets better, I'll be super happy for both sides. Yeah. And mostly for myself, because Terraform is going to get better with a ton of features that they included, model testing and S3 backend and even open tofu registry. And most important, if you listen to this and you have Terraform, like in your company or in your project, this release is a drop in replacement. You can just take it and replace Terraform. So it might be good. So a lot of open source food related go written packages <laughs> we're gonna need our our open take-home containers before long yeah takeaway containers one last thing we wanted to mention is actually two interesting projects that we found trending on github this is not something i look at often projects that are trending on github i i don't think it's a good metric for anything really sort of the stars and whatever is really a vanity metric but it's still interesting to find projects that I, you know, wouldn't hear about otherwise. Uh, and I, we found two. The first one is a relatively new project over at Apache Incubator, which is their sort of their startup like accelerator within Apache. Jonathan, I showed you the screenshot, right? Yeah. What immediately did you say? Blue Stack Overflow. <laughs> yeah. So Apache Answer is a Q&A platform, open source. I assume that they're going to host it because it looks like a Teams competitor, like a Stack Overflow Teams competitor. Mm -hmm. And you can just run the Docker, which is nice. And they use Golang. They use Golang, uh, Node.js for the front end. Looks like a nice project. Looks like it still has a ways to go. So I wouldn't recommend you, you know, install it instead of Confluence or whatever you have set up in your company now if you have Stack Overflow teams. But I think if you want to get involved with a serious project, but that's still early enough and, you know, get some open source work done, if you if you love uh, Stack Overflow, but you're worried about AI generation content and the way they're sort of taking the platform, or, you know, if you're just, you want to do some full stack work, they say they welcome all contributions. The first thing they mention is contribute to our open source uh, code base. So they're looking for people to write code for them. So you can get involved. I think getting involved in open source is always a good bet. Worst case, you get a nice line on your resume and you learn some things. That's like not a bad way to go, right? So yeah, Apache answer. I don't know. It looks it looks promising. I like it. I put on my own calendar to take a look at it in like six months and see if it became something serious. And there was another project we want to mention, Pocketbase. Uh, you took a look at that one, right, Jonathan? Yeah, so Pocketbase is a project uh, that's written in Go, of course. It calls itself an open source Go backend. It consists of an embedded database, built-in file and user management, convenient admin dashboard, and a REST API. So uh, the idea is that Pocketbase is kind of like an open source version of Firebase. So one of the cool things is it uses SQLite. Uh, I wonder if we could find somewhere to learn more about SQLite. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can check out our previous uh, episode. Shout out to Ross Light. Yeah, thanks, Ross, for that great interview last week. They did just release a point release last week, 0.20.5. So it's an active development, uh, which is always nice. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a good shout out. It's a nice, polished project written in Go. Another place where you could contribute to open source if you're looking for somewhere to get involved. Yeah, and they just passed uh, 30K stars on GitHub. Again, it's a vanity metric, but it's still a metric. And we like to see the number go up. Right. That's more than my vanity metrics. <laughs> For sure. And the one thing that's really worth mentioning, you can't see it if because this is a podcast. But if you open Pockets Base, their site, and you move your mouse around, then they have a little gopher that follows your cursor. And when you try to touch it, it hides away. And it's the cutest thing ever. 
And I'm just really <laughs> happy people got paid yeah. to write code that does that because that's just uh, that's just lovely. And yeah, that's awesome. all we have for you this week. Since, you know, Go122 is really in the oven right now cooking, there aren't a lot of proposals. But please do stick around for the ad break where we're going to talk about some interesting changes to how things are being done around here. All right. I can't wait to hear it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our ad break. If you want to reach us, you can reach us at kapago.dev. That's our site. You can find all the links there, find our shop, find link to email us, find all the episodes and all the hosts and the guests that were on the show. And also our beautiful editor, Filippo. If you want to talk to us, uh, the best place to do that is via the Gopher Slack channel we set up. Hashtag cupogo with dashes. So kebab case with hyphens. I said both dashes and hyphens. I know they're not the same thing, but just not the underscore one. You get what I mean. Uh, uh, if you like the show, you can leave a review on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast and share the episode with a friend or a colleague or your mailman. That's cool. You can leave him an episode in the mailbox. They're doing hard work. You know, they're coming in every morning. And that's a good way to support the show. Just sharing it with people and just listening and being here is also enough. And we appreciate all of you. However, <laughs> we have decided to open a Patreon. Yay. Dum, dum, dum. Basically, we've decided that we want to give you the opportunity if you choose and if you want to, to support the show monetarily. We only are looking to cover our expenses. We're not trying to make money off of this. We've limited the number of patrons we could even possibly have. So if you try to sign up and you can't, that's why. Because a whole bunch, uh, a small number, 27 is the limit, I think, of your your uh, other co-listeners have already signed up. But you have the option. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes, of course, to become a patron of the show for $8 a month. And uh, if you want to and you do this, we'll, we'll gladly mention your name on the show or the name of your, your company or whatever. You know, this show is sponsored by Bob at Acme Co., you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, if you're interested in being a patron, supporting the show financially to help cover our expenses, that would be great. If we ever get enough uh, sponsorships to cover all of our expenses, we're, we'll, we plan to turn off Patreon. So it's not about making money at all. Yeah. And again, if you're just here listening, taking part, sharing and, and talking to us on the Slack channel, or even if you're just listening and lurking and you don't care about all this community engagement uh, stuff at all, we appreciate you. We do the show for, for us. It's a lot of fun and we learn, uh, which is very important. We we stay on top of what's happening in Go. That's useful for us in our careers. And, and uh, I think we find doing this show fun. We just want to make sure we're not bleeding too much money while we're doing it. I think it's also worth mentioning that Shai and I had a, a lengthy conversation about what benefits could be offered to a Patreon uh, member to, to entice them to sign up. And we basically came down to the decision that Anything we could offer, you know, video version of the podcast or extra, I don't know, any, any sort of extra thing we could do, we would want to do for free to everybody anyway. So we're not giving you an extra benefit to join. It's just a way that if you want to, you can contribute to the show as a thank you. That's all. And if you want us, we can like mention you on the yeah. ad break so you can that, be like it, to your it. friends. Oh my God, I was on a podcast. <laughs> so yeah. If you decide to click on that button, uh, it's eight bucks a month and we would really appreciate it. And if not, thanks for listening. 
Uh, we don't have an interview for you all today. The Jonathan being in the other side of the world and us having very few hours uh, together in the to do these uh, episodes and interviews. So we'll just talk to you all next week. Hope you have a lovely weekend. Until then. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs>